0: Well, we are um, continuing our study in just war theory, and so, uh, so with the uh, um, with the um, uh, the uh, conflict and war going on in Ukraine and Russia, we thought it would be a good time topic to do for Sunday school. So, so we're right in, <laughs> in the throes of it. So, uh, and so let's go ahead and pray, and we'll jump right. In. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to uh, to think about um, uh, war. And what is the Christian approach, the Christian response to it? And so, Father, we pray that you bless us now as we um, as we think upon uh, as we think upon the will of God and how that impacts, how your will impacts uh, the orders of events and lives, and how we should live uh, in the midst of times where there are wars and rumors of wars. So, Father, we pray that you grant us wisdom. And we pray that you would um, just give us grace now. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So the plan right now is uh, we are going to come back later on and talk a bit more about um, some scenarios, apply some of these principles that we've discussed. So we have uh, we've talked about the history of just war theory. We've talked about um, about just cause and what is just cause about? Why is just cause important to have in just war? behind going to war. Yeah, exactly. Do you have the do you have the right intention? Do you have the proper authority uh, to actually declare war and to go to war? All right. Uh, and then and then we spent uh 2 weeks on just conduct and we talked about does anyone remember the two the the two major things we talked about or one of them? Proportionality? Proportionality yes. And discrimination. discrimination, right? And so uh, and discrimination. Where the, the big question we're asking uh, is who can be targeted in in combat, right? Who? What? What are legitimate targets in terms of people or even places? Uh, and then proportionality is the question of uh, what amount of force is uh, is is allowable, uh, is necessary uh, for that. And so, um, and we and we you know we put those parameters essentially saying, look, you know. Um, you know, there are times where civili- civilian casualties can be foreseen and still the operation can commence as long as the objective is a legitimate military objective and it is necessary. We also talked about, because um, this gets real messy, right? The last few weeks, we talked about how messy this stuff gets. And especially as the stakes get higher, the messier things get because the, the, the higher the stakes, the more dangerous it is, then the, then the higher the risk we're willing to take. Right. So it's different when we're shipping, you know, uh, our you know own soldiers off to another country to go to war. It's a different thing if we're being invaded. Right. That's a very different scenario. The risks that we're willing to take. Uh, you know, if um, uh, if if you have you know someone that's You know, trying to break into your house—it's different than if someone's trying to break into your neighbor's house. The level of risk that you're willing to take is going to uh, change in how you might approach things. Okay, and so, uh, and so these, and so these questions are very difficult. But we've been trying to guide the guy. You know, uh, we've had some helpful guidance as we've gone along, and uh, and we'll come back to it later. But I did just want to highlight there is a. uh, I was just listening to a lecture and uh, from the just from the um, the Naval War College on um, just war theory this last week. Matt, sent it over to me. And, uh, and so I was, I was listening to that, and um, and she was talking about how in two thousand six, since two thousand six, they added a new category into just war theory. They talk about that would specifically, uh, essentially, address. Uh, um, uh, Actions that are just fall just short of declaration of war. Um, and so because, we, because that's kind of, we haven't officially been in war, right, uh, uh, for a long time. But we have been making war <laughs> in a variety of ways. And so where do, where do those actions uh, fall under, right? Or, or, or do we find a loophole? As long as we don't declare war, we don't have to worry about being just. Right. So that's not of course, that's not it. But so we have actually had to uh, make up a new category uh, for that. That would also include, you know, actions against terrorism and everything leading up to uh, but just coming short of war itself. So um, now I don't really know a ton about that category because it's relatively new and I'd have to research a bit more. But I did want to make you aware of it. Well, today we are talking about something. That is very near and dear to uh, the, the pastor's heart because we're talking about the will of God, right? And so, um, and so we have so there's this big question in war that we have, right? That's the question, and I was. I've shared the story before, but I just always think of playing football on Friday night and and, and the guy who didn't even basically go to church demanding that we say the Lord's Prayer uh, before we go out um, because uh, we want God on our side in the football game. And it's just kind of like, well, but what if the other team does it too? They've They've matched our lucky rabbit's foot rubbing, and you know. Uh, and what if they do it more loudly or sincerely or whatever? It's like so. Um, so you know, uh, is God on my side? Uh, um, what if He isn't? Right, <laughs> that's that's a scary thought. Um, and uh, if you want a good example, of that uh, um, you know, you go read the uh, blessings and curses section of Deuteronomy. It's around Deuteronomy twenty seven, twenty eight. Um, don't do it before you go to bed because you won't sleep. Uh, but, uh, the, but just the, if there's a section in there where he just basically he just says, "Look, if you follow this covenant and you do do the things that I've told you to do, then I will bless you." And you go in, you go out, and you know goes in, and then for and then there's a section that is three times as long. It says, "But if you don't." I will curse you as you go in. Like it just goes and just goes through this whole litany of things. And so, um, you know, what if, um, what if? And we're going to talk about some biblical examples. Um, but uh, you know, what when you think of the Bible and God being on uh, someone's side in war or combat, what do you think of? What, what what stories come to mind? Huh? David. David. Yeah. David and Goliath, or just David, just almost generally. Huh. Joshua. Yeah, Joshua coming in the land. Yep. Marching on Jericho. Marching on Jericho. Yeah. Does, does anybody remember the, 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 um, the Battle of Ai? Because uh, uh, that went really bad. It was right after Jericho. So they had the big victory. And then Achan sinned and kept some of the, uh, kept some of the, uh, the stuff that was supposed to be given to the Lord for himself in his tent. And then his whole family fell under judgment. And uh, but they only found that out after they went to battle, and the Lord was the Lord's face was against them, and uh, and they were and they were chased out of there, you know. And they were like, "Yeah, we got this. We took down Jericho." And then they did not got this, with <laughs> the Lord was not on their side. So um, uh, and then also um, there's also another question um, that we uh, that we ask when it comes to God's will. How do I know? How do I know what God's will is? All right. the Bible. The Bible. <laughs> the Bible. There you go. You're in church, so it's good. Yeah, and that is the right answer. Um, but we have to get there. So, um, so uh, you know. But these these are two common questions, and people do often answer. These, these this question, especially differently, there are people who will say, well, if I do this certain thing that God will let me know. Right. He'll give me a sign. There are, um, you know, I've talked to people before who say, well, you know, Lord, if you want me to do this, let me see this thing today. They'll kind of do a Gideon's fleece type thing. You know, Lord, if you want this, then do this kind of thing. And so, um, and so, how do we, you know, how do we know? And they look to a lot. no look to the Old Testament at times. You use the umum and the thir- and the thumim, uh, where they would do something with them. We don't know. Like we really don't know what they did with those things. Uh, but but they would do something, and it and it seemed like at a certain point, if, if the closest thing someone said is probably like a bit like casting dice, like casting lots, kind of type thing. But um, but what is what is the will of God? Well, you know, they go and say, you know, do this. So. Can't we do something similar uh, as, as as believers? And and so, how does this how does this how does this work? How do we how do we figure this out? Uh, there's also um, questions of uh, who are the people of God. Like, is God on America's side? Is God on England's side? Is God on Saudi Arabia's side? Like, you know. God's definitely not on North Korea's side. We know that, right? You know, like just so how do we how do we do that? How do we figure that out? Because that's a bit complex. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, these these issues. Um, it's probably gonna take us this week and next week to go through this. Uh, I, was, I was talking about Russell last week. See, the, the lectures we do usually run uh are, like usually runs anywhere from like forty five minutes to an hour and a half. Um, these sessions that we do with the uh, on the uh, with the Navy guys. So. Uh, so, so I'm trying to uh, condense these or break them up. So, um, so let's do. So let's do this. So, is this the, the part of the thing that you you were doing when you yes. and Matt were doing it? This is where you kind of came in. Yeah, this is the particular section that I'm responsible for. So all the blame rests here okay. for for what we're about to go through. <laughs> so, but yeah. So, um, so when we talk about the human, uh, let's, so for uh, so for us to get into talk about the will of God, let's talk about the will of men. Um, how do we define the human will? Fallen. okay fallen. Yeah. And like, what is it? What you want is what you want to do. Okay. Yeah. Or what you want to, to have. Feel. Yeah. So want desire. Yeah. The flesh. So? Did the flesh fall into that? Or? Yeah, you say flesh, yeah. Okay. So it's an aspect of it. Okay? Um yeah, desire. Um uh, let's see. What do you do with the will? What does the will do? It drives you. It drives you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Drives um and uh, makes decisions? Sure. I Helps determine the path, of mm-hmm. actions. decisions, uh, uh, decides actions. Yeah, we say it all the time. We say I will do this. I will do this. Mm-hmm. I will do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So expresses uh, intent. Use that word. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's what we use <laughs> it all the time, but we don't think we use it all the time. Yeah. Expresses intent, purpose right so um, now um, uh, it, now what are the um, what limitations would we, would we place on the human will because ju- I will do this or I will do that does it mean I'm going to Ability. yeah so we have so, so we have limits to our will, so our ability, um, uh, our capacity yeah. to act, right? It's nearsighted. Hmm? Okay, nearsighted. yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah. So near sighted. I like that. Um, yeah. So kind of limited in knowledge, yeah. understanding. Can't can't know the future, right? So it's so limited in understanding. So 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 it's also located then in time. Right. So, because we can't see the future. Yeah, good point. So, um, so I, I will do this as far as I, I hope so. Like, so I will retire with a nice four hundred one k. Right? It's like maybe. <laughs> I plan to. Maybe. Uh, you know, I will. And so, um, all right. So yeah. So we have, um, so this. So it's yeah. So the will is this. Um, the thing in us that essentially expresses our, our wants, desires, our intentions, our purposes, making decisions and actions—it's it's fallen. It's connected to our flesh, and it drives us. It's limited by its ability, by our ability to actually act upon that will. Um, it's limited by our lack of knowledge. It's limited by our location and 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 time and um, and what about e- fear. Huh? What about fear? Fear? Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So fear, and that could be, and which say, would you say what kind of fear do you have in mind? Healthy fear, unhealthy fear? Both. Both, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's limited you say you're by our resources. that doesn't mean that you actually have the courage to do it. Or you say you're going to do something even though you know it's really good for you, but it's still. It's selfish. Yeah. Yeah. All, yeah. All the fears. Uh, We're also limited by our resources. Yep. We want to do this, but I can't afford to do that. Yeah. Or Resources. I don't have, you know, people to help with whatever. Yeah, yeah. We're also limited by, um, uh, um, by our, I mean, I guess, place, uh, uh, the physical reality. We can't be in more than one place at one time, right? So we're limited. So all these factors apply to our will, right? So if we're a sane person, right... Um, then we're going to – we're not going to say, oh, I can fly, right? We're going to say, okay, if I want to fly, I'm going to go buy a ticket on an airplane, you know, and I will go, you know, fly to St. Louis, right? So, like, I will like, – so our will we make um, – even apart from the sinful aspect of it, um, our wills are, uh, you know, we make, we make our decisions, and we don't think through these things because we live within them oftentimes – uh so but um, and sometimes we're aware of these things when when our will exceeds our ability or capacity, and we are painfully made aware of that so um but when we but when we have these things, these help us to make reasonable, rational decisions. you know um, now, the flesh comes in and just screws it all up, <laughs> right, but even apart from the flesh, we still have a lot of these limitations on here if, if maybe not all of them, but we have a lot of them, don't we? so all right. So now, we're, if we are if we are if we are defining the will of man according to human nature, um, can we can we simply um, do we simply just go? Sorry, uh, do we simply go? Okay. Um, well, so this is what our will is like, and so we just go. Okay, well, God's will just uh, isn't fallen. And do we just start crossing things off the list from here to say what God is like? You have to go well, what He said. You have to go to the Word. Yeah, you have to go to the Word, and and here's and here's the problem: is God a man? He's outside of all of this. Yeah. Right. So the, the the best. So if God is not a man, which He says in His Word. Uh, So, I am God and not a man. literally says it many times. Alright, if God is not a man, then man is probably not the best starting point for us to think about the will of God. Even though there is some overlap because we are made in the image of God. And so we need to go to God's... And so what we're doing is we're defining the will of man according to human nature. And if we we're going to follow a similar path in defining the will of God, what do we have to define it according to? Whose nature? God's, nature? God's nature. And that makes a big big difference. So, so let's talk about the will of God. So, um what are um what are some uh, uh, about uh, God's thinking about God's nature to describe His very being. What are some words you would use to describe Him? Just, just, omniscient, omniscient, okay, eternal, omnipresent, omnipresent. He's basically the opposite of that list you just had on the other page, okay? Yeah, yeah. So, so, and actually, I want to simplify this a bit. Um, so, uh, one, one way to think about God's being is, um, is to start with creation, okay? So, who made all things? God. God made all things, right? And so, uh, if God made everything, then, and then, then as, as every five-year-old asks their parents, who made God? Right? Huh? That's, that's, that's a question. So, so who made, made God? God? Nobody. Nobody. He he, he is. Right. He's always existed. Uncreated. That is an astoundingly deep concept that we have no way to understand experientially because we are created. Everything we deal with is created. So so this is is a concept that we can grasp but not experience ourselves of, of the uncreated, of being uncreated. What is it like to be uncreated? We can't know that, right? But if one is uncreated, then the very definition of being created is to have limits and boundaries. If you are created, you have form and shape. Even if you're a spiritual being like a, a seraph or the cherubim, right? You still have form and shape. Even if you are not of normal, uh, like, material substance, you're angelic being, pure and holy, you are still made of something. So, um, so, but God is not. He is uncreated. And that means that he has no boundaries. He has no bounds. Augustine said that God's being is an ocean of boundless being, and so we have a word for that. We call it infinite, right? Um, and so this is and this is what helps us understand. Um, because one of the hard things about this stuff is that um, is that we I put infinity, infinity. Um, uh, one of the things that, that's um, part of this stuff is that we kind of think that there's just a list of character traits that we need to memorize about God we don't understand how they relate to each other. The infinite nature of the uncreated being, remember that's our starting point, and we're going to get to the will of God by the way, <laughs> but the infinite nature of the uncreated one, um, uh, we start taking on these the, the, the omnis, as badly as I've spelled them, uh, so when you apply infinity to space, like spatial, like this is where we get omnipresent, because God is infinitely present throughout and beyond all created reality. When you apply his infinity to time, time. What do you get? Past, present, and yes. eternal. Yeah, they eternal. Are. Yeah, timeless. Yeah. Right. So you get. So you get. So you get. Um, this is where you get omnipresent, eternal. What about knowledge? Omniscient. Yeah, omniscient. God knows all. Things. Everything. Yeah, God knows all things. So, yeah, so, so God has no bounds. He's boundless when it comes to knowledge. It means God doesn't learn. Yeah. He doesn't grow. He doesn't change, right? Uh, with time, he doesn't grow older. He's never young, right? He doesn't, that's not his experience. Um, uh, let's see, what else? Uh, oh, um, ability. Right, we said we were limited in our ability it affects our will, right? What is, if we apply God's infinite being to the concept of ability, what do you have? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's all-powerful, all-capable. And it's important, it's, it's, helpful, it's, it's helpful to know that the, uh, that the word ability to be able to do something and power uh, and authority are usually synonyms or, almost, or usually the same word in, in Greek and Hebrew. Because what is power? The ability to, to exert your will, right? And so, and so that if someone is powerful, they are able to do what they want. So, right? But he's he's only able to do what he wants, right? There are yes, things he's not able to do. Yes, yes, okay. yeah. There there are limits to God's ability, but they are we would say self his own his own yeah. yeah limited by his own his own will, and so. Um, and, so, and, and so and so so it 's important to grasp the infinity of God as we apply them to all these different concepts, because all the omnis that we like to say about God and that He is eternal, all these things come from his being. These are not asked to like just god 's not a pie chart of different things right he 's not just a list of attributes these these have a logical pattern, and they flow from his being, because he is the uncreated one, and therefore he is infinite, and if he's infinite, then he's omnipresent, eternal, omniscient, and and, and um, omnipotent, omnipotent, where we get the word, you know, potential, so he said, but also God has no potential, by the way. So. So, he's not uh, Eric in the 10th grade whose teacher's told had lots of potential. He was not fulfilling. So, literally had my English teacher tell me that. Yeah. Right? God does not have potential that he could fulfill, hopefully, when he goes to college. Right? Um, God, God has no potential. He is a being of pure act. He is pure life. Uh, all reality flows from, uh, from his will. Now, that means that also when we talk about uh, his character traits, we have, we talked about just, right? Um, uh, so, uh, and so we talked about these different things. Uh, and we've talked about this and I don't want to belabor this whole thing, um, but if God has no bound, bounds and no, he's not, a, he's, not, he's not a creature, then he is not made of stuff. We are made of stuff. We are parts of things. We are part just, part unjust because of our sinfulness. We are part loving, part uh, partly filled with hatred and anger. Like we have lots of parts. Okay, God has zero parts, and so He's not perfect in all these things. He is all. He is. He is all that He is at once completely, and it's a mystery to us because He's uncreated and we're not. We are created, and so we cannot comprehend. Uh, god 's divine simplicity because we are what what 's called composite creatures I know we 're kind of we 're diving deep, but if you 're going to talk about theology, talk about the nature of god you 're going to dive deep and your brain should hurt so that's like if your brain hurts then you 're in the right space that 's how you know you 're doing it right okay so now um, but that also that also means now, let, let's apply all this to the will of God. The will of God is not just something else that gets tacked on, right? The, the will of God, like the rest of his being, is, all, is, is 100% of him. That And so that means God's will is. Um, now, we talked about, so if we're talking about God's, all these things and how they affect God's, he is he is eternal. In all places and beyond, his being permeates the universe and beyond. He is all-knowing. He is all-able. Well then, aren't these all things that affect our ability to, to, to carry out our wills as human beings? We talk about all those limitations that we have that, that restrict our wills. Or sometimes contradict what our will wants to do because it's, we want to do that which we are not able to do. Can God do that which He is not able to do? Like, is that a sentence that makes sense for Him? You're like, yeah, it barely makes sense in English, but but does that make sense for God? That that God, can God? You know, God, God doesn't have those limits, and so God's uh, God's will is that it. it see, it, there is there are no limitations to be placed upon His will, except as Russell mentioned. The limitations that are that come by his own nature, by his own desire or design. So, um, his own character. Because we know there's plenty of things that God can't do, right? What? Can't sin. lie. He can't lie. What? Sin. Can't sin. And God doesn't want to do those things, right? <laughs> so, um, and he can't do them. He and he couldn't do them. He would never want to do them because God is holy, <laughs> and right? Can't change. And yeah, and he is changeless. He's changeless because. He is a timeless being. Be- beings in time change. That is a, that is, that is a constant, right, as, as, being, as being creatures. And so they change. God does not change. And so he is, uh, he is that's what we call him, uh, he, we say he is immutable. right? And this is where, this is where you have to notice that like a lot of the words that we use um, for God, that he's infinite, immutable, all we do is take a word and put not on the front of it. <laughs> Right, because we can't come up with an actual word. So he's not finite. He's not changeable or not changing. Right. So we just kind of we just take terms and just negate him because we are dealing with the uncreated one, and that is right and that is proper. So, um, so if and so I just want to bring this to actually this very kind of deep kind of thought into a very simple point if we are talking about God's will, how, it, how is, um, is God's will going to operate differently than human will's? Yes. Yes. Okay? Yes. And, I, and we get, now we come to that and we go, well, yeah, duh, right? But the knee-jerk reaction for many, many people when they think about the will of God is to think, well, what do I want to happen? What would I do? What do I think is reasonable? And thus, as a reasonable, wonderful person that I am. Right? So, I can't imagine God would not agree with me. Right? You know, and so, and so there are a lot of people that come and sit in pews and chairs in churches who have a big problem with the will of God because they define it according to their will. And it's not the only reason, but it's part of the reason why when something bad goes down, or goes, something goes really wrong, they are willing to shake their fist at God, and say, how dare you, right? Um, and say, I don't understand. It, it, and it's okay to say, I don't understand, but to, be, but to impugn God even, and to say, God is wrong. Because clearly, you know, it's like, well, God's will does not operate the same as our will. So, there, and so that means that, um, you know, we, our wills, um, you know, we talk about limits and, uh, you know, there's only one being whose will is determinative of reality. And it's not mine. Um, and uh, it's not yours. And so that means that if we're talking about God's will, we have to find Ways to talk about it, but we have to understand that even the the ways that we talk about it, they're going to fall short of describing God's actual will. Because we're describing something of an uncreated being. We're describing the infinite using finite language. And you're always going to run into a problem. And that means that anything we say about God is always going to be in terms of analogy. It's always going to be in terms of just kind of, we're trying to get as close as we can to our highest thought about God. right? Right? But we can't actually grasp it um, because we are created and finite and he is not. But God has done what? What has he given to us? His word. He's given us his word, he's given his spirit. So he's given his spirit and his word to help us as creatures to understand God as best we can as creatures. And we can do that. And so there are two types of will that we talk about. With God's with God's will. His secret will and his revealed will. So let's let's define those. If we're talking about God's secret will, what are we talking about? It's a secret. It's a secret, so it's <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> unknown. 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 Unknown um Unless he reveals it, right? Yeah. But it's, uh, it's unknown. It's hidden. It's unattainable.
1: Yeah, unattainable.
0: you can't find it. That's right. G- generally, in the future. Yeah, future. Yeah, future. hmm hmm Yeah. Um. Yeah, future. Let's see. What else do we say about God's secret will? It's security. scary. Is Huh? Mystery. secret? Yeah. Yes. Yes. so this is so other words for this are hidden, common used, commonly used hidden, or decretive will. So his secret will would encompass all that there is, right? All of all of existence. So uh, all existence. And people, go, and people go, well, you know, because people say, well, you know, is, he, is his will ordering the flight of a mosquito? Like that just, there are people who have really written this type of stuff saying like, well, that, that just seems so petty or minutia or just seems so dumb or something. You know, so small and it's like, but it comes back to like, but you're assuming it's hard. You're assuming it's hard for him to do this. He doesn't do it. He just does it. It's like breathing. You don't think about it. You just breathe in, breathe out, right? And just for God, that's how it is. He, it's not hard. He didn't break out into a sweat. Going to where are the mosquitoes going to go on September seventeenth, twenty twenty two? You know, like he just doesn't worry about it. It's just because that's the the whole all powerful aspect, right? You don't break a sweat. So, and this, but this also gets to the problem of. There's still vestiges in people's mind of treating God essentially like um, a super Superman. He's just this like super duper superhero that has so much powers, but it's just like because we're we're just hitting the ceiling of our conce- concepts of God, we don't and we don't realize how actually powerful He is, right? Doesn't the confession refer to that part of it as everything that shall come to pass? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's just like. That's everything. Yeah, yeah and, everything and everything is everything, yeah. right? That's, that's what the word means. So, um, All right, so so, let's, so So this is his secret will, his will of decree, uh, his, his will essentially for the order of redemptive history, the order of all history from the beginning of creation to, uh, to, uh, to the return and to the, the, the new heavens, the new earth, and into all eternity. Right, that that is what the secret will of God encompasses everything, basically. Now, what is God's? Where do we find God's revealed will? Um, yeah, we find that. Yeah, we find that in Scripture. Nature. Nature, yes. And so, and what can we learn from? What can we learn? What do we learn? Well, let, actually, let me go ahead and read. Um, I'm going to read a passage here. So, all right. Well, oh, actually, I'm going to read a couple of passages here for us. So Ephesians 1.11 says, According that God has done all this, uh, all this work of redemption, according to his purpose, uh, God works all things according to the counsel of His will. In Psalm 135, verse 6, Whatever the Lord pleases, He does in heaven and on earth, in the seas and all the deeps. Uh, Daniel 4.35, it's Nebuchadnezzar, after he got humiliated and brought, made sane again. He says, All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing. And He does according to His will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay His hand or say to Him, what have you done? And Revelation 4.11, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. And so, um, oh, i got a note here. Herman Bobink wrote that uh, the will of God is the final cause for all that exists. So, um, what is what is the difference? What is the difference between what nature reveals about God and what Scripture reveals about God? Scripture reveals the, the means of salvation. Yeah. Okay. Will were you say? Nature to the opposite of what he said. The nature, there's only enough light in nature to condemn you of your own sin. Yeah. Have you been reading the confessions? <laughs> you yeah. so, know, all right, because it's that's very confession talk right there. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, they talk about what they call the, what the, the light of nature, yeah. yeah and to, and that is and that it reveals essentially it reveals God's existence and His wrath. Yeah, the nature is it's universal. Yes, it's universal, It's right? Every man, you know, like Paul talks about in Romans. Every, every, even if they deny it, yeah, they see it. Yes, yeah. So it's a, it's a it's a universal revelation. Um, the stars declare Psalm nineteen. The stars declare the glory of the Lord. The heavens proclaim the work of His hands. So um, so it's universal, and then and then and then Scripture is particular. That's why we call it special revelation, it's particular revelation. It reveals the salvation. of... Um, uh, and, and also reveals um, man's duty, right? The, what what we are commanded, uh, what we are commanded to do. So, uh, so so God um, teaches us. Um, so teaches us that uh, that. Um, that man said, uh, "You know, and I even yes. That what G.K. Chesterton said that the the, the <clears throat> one of the only truly universal facts that has been con- that has been confirmed just generation after generation is the fallenness of man. <laughs> right? Does not matter what our technology is? Does not matter how advanced our civilization is? We will find ways to be evil to each other. There's just." It's just, that is a constant. And so, but, and that is a revelation of nature, right, that, that we see no matter where we go. It's universal. And, uh, and so, uh, and then scripture reveals to us um, our duty, um, but also our salvation. And so, and you need both, right? You need both. You gotta, so, um, you need salvation, of course, but we also need to be taught how to live. And so, and where do we find how to live in the scriptures? The Ten, Commandments. Ten Commandments. Great place to start, right? Uh, if you want an even simpler version, just use Jesus' summary. Love God, love your neighbor, right? But if you want to further define that out, uh, you, memorize, uh, you, memorize, uh, or you memorize the Ten Commandments. And um, so, uh, so your, your driver's test really comes in handy then. <laughs> So, uh, Liz had to memorize the, the, the catechism, right? The minister, catechism. Yeah, to yeah. get her license. She <laughs> so, so, and she remembers it all by heart. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so, worth worth. Yeah, so, um, yeah. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, uh, so. So. So this is. So which will of God do we have access to? Which aspect of the will of God? say that again which least, will of God do we have, yeah. as, do we have access oh, to the revealed, yeah. the revealed right yeah. and that's important because a lot of people and we'll talk about it next week as we're up to wrap up but um, a lot of people do a lot of things to try to get this they want to get access to this they want to know you know what's the secret sauce here <laughs> what's, what's what you got coming out, coming down the pipe for me you know if I do this if I um, you know fasting is a big one if I fast you know, for 40 days, or a 100-day fast, or a 300-day fast, or whatever it is. I this. Like, I'm actually believing in, in, in the discipline of fasting, but when you're using it as a talisman to try to get into the mind of God, well, then you're finding yourself in getting more into paganism and pagan use of, of ritual than you are trying to actually... Uh, fasting is not that purpose. Fasting is not um, shown for that. And that's what we'll talk about next week. Is actually... There is no example in the New Testament um, of God miraculously intervening and revealing His secret will for His people. Not one example in the New Testament. You will not find yes. it, and, and even the angels do not. No. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just—it's—it's uh, it's not ours to do that. So, it, it, so when we think of, just to apply this very briefly to even war, though, so with war. Um, Can we know for certain what the outcome is going to be? No. No, based on this? No. But we can derive as best we can from the light of nature and particularly from Scripture, the principles whereby we can uh, conduct our wars justly, in in the wars that we engage in as in just cause, and how we conduct ourselves in those wars um, in our just conduct. And so we're talking about the will of God um, when it comes to war and combat. Oftentimes people think of outcome. Well, is God on my side? Is he gonna let is he gonna let me win? Is he gonna give me superpowers so like Samson? If I can pick up a job owner of a donkey and just take everybody out, you know? Um, and uh, but when in reality God says, No, I give you this. And this is what I expect you to operate on. And so this is the will of God that is to reveal. The question is. Are we willing to be satisfied with that? (laughs) Or are we going to say, God, that's not enough? So we'll pause it there and and we'll pick it up next week. So thank you all.